Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 13th of April, the 104th day of this leap year of 2020, giving us 262 days to work with until 2021. We sigh to hear the fair Iberian bride must grow a lily to the lily's side, poet John Dryden writes in his 1660 poem, Astrea Redux, an emotional poem presented in a time of chaos. We might think of Spain's recent COVID-19 fatality count, among whom most certainly would be more than one fair bride, whose passing during the last few weeks would have brought many a lily to the lily's side. April is the cruelest month, quoth Eliot. As of this past weekend, Spain's confirmed cases of COVID-19 numbered more than 152,000, the highest number in Europe. Though its fatality rate at over 15,000 left Spain in second place to Italy's leading death rate of over 18,000. Dryden was only 28 when he wrote Astrea Redux, but he was already on his way to fame. For a mere eight years later, today in 1668, John Dryden would become the first English poet laureate, appointed by King Charles II. Did Dryden have Matthew 6.28 and Luke 12.27 in mind? Mirror images of one another, they begin, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Today in 1742, George Friedrich Handel's Messiah was performed for the first time at New Music Hall in Dublin, Ireland. Today in 1860, the first Pony Express relay reached Sacramento, California, having begun in St. Joseph, Missouri, ten days before. Today in 1861, after 34 hours of bombardment, Fort Sumter, a sea fort in South Carolina, surrendered to the Confederates, beginning the Civil War. Today, in 1964, Sidney Poitier became the first black actor to win the Best Actor Oscar, awarded to him for his role in The Lilies of the Field. Before daybreak this morning and the next couple of mornings in the southeast sky, the last quarter moon is keeping company with Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. Today, in 1743, Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of Independence, who went on to become the second vice president and the third president of the United States, was born in Shadwell, a small town in the foothills of Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains, to Peter Jefferson, a prosperous planter, and Jane Randolph Jefferson, a member of an aristocratic family. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Jefferson's, though hard-working, also had a yen for politics, leaving Jefferson and his five siblings at home with their mother at, at their home on the frontier, where they were in some danger of Indian attack. Thomas's father, Peter, suddenly died in 1757, and his mother, albeit a well-provided-for widow, developed great anxiety attempting to raise six children on her own, and subsequently became unpleasantly stern, resulting in Thomas's waning concern for her welfare. She died in 1776 without knowing much of her son's success. Fast forward to the end of this past week, to Good Friday, when Mother Nature dropped about 10 inches up here in Orono of really heavy, wet, 
perfect for soggy snowballs, white stuff, and it took out the power for almost nine hours, 3 a.m. to shy of noon, but that led to the cancellation of a bunch of things that would have been just too much of a pain to do with the mere hotspot the tablet could provide. So many of us got a respite from the incessant online chores that are taking the place of real face-to-face. And that allowed me a few moments to reflect how lucky we really are in so many ways in this era, as Noam Chomsky is wont to see it, of sociopaths running a country that at least halfway wants to be run by sociopaths. Such an amazing time we have right now, like the message of Flannery O'Connor's A Good Man is Hard to Find, when the misfit is explaining to his two henchmen, after the three of them have just done in the lost family, saving the grandmother for last, she would have been a good woman if and there'd been someone to hold a gun to her head every minute of her life. Right now, in essence, the entire world is having a gun held up to its head, and those of us who survive well see how it all shakes out, noting along the way that people are really made of. Corona-geddon won't kill us all, but climate change might. The social distancing thing now is also enormously enormously interesting, since, because most any given group is now pretty small, a couple, a small family, a medium-sized family, and sequestering is only those small numbers, is the general mode of existence. The sense of the other takes on mammoth proportions, and inhabitants of the same town are giving each other the stink eye when having to be in close proximity at necessary shopping venues such as grocery stores and gas stations. It's a fascinating time, Would that it wouldn't be so exhausting. I like to fool myself into thinking I would feel better about the fatigue than I do if I could only be also maintaining my swim regimen, which makes me feel fit. Now I feel like I'm ever weakening and must begin a different regimen, like getting back on my mountain bike soon before I wither away and become carried off by the next stout wind. Every time my honors classes meet in their Zoom class sessions for an hour, we spend at least a quarter of the time catching up on how each of them have been coping with COVID-19 since the previous time we've met. What they've learned in the interim, from whomever or wherever, that has been useful for helping through the daily gyre of vicissitudes. Then, as if distancing ourselves, we turn to the material, which this past week, fittingly included, for the freshman group, Dante's Inferno, and for the upperclassmen, Rachel Carlos' Silent Spring. Hearing their first-hand accounts from their various locales is far better than the evening news. T.S. Eliot's What the Thunder Said from the Wasteland is bouncing about in my brain, where the sensation of the Upanishads' Sanskrit keeps reverberating, da, dada, dairavam, damyata easing up as the thunder momentarily subsides and the clouds roll along with Om, Shanti, 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 bringing peace to the self. Today is also the birthday in 1852 of F.W. Woolworth, in 1866 of Butch Cassidy, in 1873 of Theodore Morse, in 1906 of Samuel Beckett, in 1909 of Eudora Welty, in 1919 of Madeline Murray O'Hare, in 1935 of Lyle Wagner, in 1945 of Tony Dow, in 1950 of Ron Perlman, in 1951 of Max Weinberg, in 1960. 63 of Gary Kasparov, and in 1970 of Rick Schroeder. 
Over this past weekend, deaths globally from COVID-19 crossed the 110,000 threshold, and confirmed cases approached 2 million. Now, more than ever, is the time to keep a sense of humor while keeping our heads, thinking about our center of gravity, not forgetting to breathe, and watching our distances. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the Easter Monday of 2020.